0: Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast episode 449 Mitch on the other side of the zoom my producer Lily here with me sleeping on the job per usual I'm Charlie Um, hope everybody's doing well staying warm after uh, it got cold again. We got a great show today. We're going to rank the most annoying things that our, the Wisconsin sports teams do to their fans. We're going to also talk about the Bucks and their third quarter issues and what is the move the Bucks need to make at the deadline. So what's the one move they need to make? I'm sure a lot of hijinks uh, as well throughout the podcast as usual. Mitch, what's happening, buddy? How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. I'm a little bit you brought up lily i mean did she have her first near-death experience earlier this evening well or
0: my my wife told me i shouldn't talk about this on the podcast i sound like greeny now my wife. um but (laughs) but uh yeah so for the people at home uh i was walking my dog it was i was taking her a quick walk because as mentioned it's fucking cold outside um and i was like kind of walking whatever we met a dog great lily pooped was like cool but then i'm like you know what this guy this guy's not gonna stop is he and like you just kind of have to keep your head on a swivel especially it was dark outside like and sure enough guy didn't stop and i screamed at him i was like you know there's a fucking stop sign there and he kind of stopped his car a little bit but he didn't fully stop but yeah i guess just PSA to all those out there in the Milwaukee streets, like keep the head on the swivel, man. People aren't stopping. The guy was on his phone. Like, I'm not trying to sound like an old, old guy here, but like he was on his phone. Yeah. And clearly, you know, wasn't paying attention to anything but wherever he needed to get to. So hope it was a dire, dire need. But yeah, we had inventful walk. We had that. Had some dudes revving up their engines. Like it was fucking fast and furious. It's like you drive a Mazda. In fucking single degree weather, Paul Walker, settle down. Like, shut up. Yeah. So, well, also, that. you have
1: the people that, like, this time of year that, and I know we've been fortunate to not get hammered with snowing like our friends to the south yeah. and to the east, but there's people that there was a video that kind of was going viral on uh, Wednesday morning, just of, I think it was a guy from WGN in Chicago who was going nuts about. Um, people that don't like fully brush their vehicles off. Uh, know, they they brush like a little square off. I've done that. To yeah. see out of and, uh I mean I don't know if I've ever done that. I've I've been guilty probably. I wouldn't say I a square.
0: Ever. I wouldn't say a square. I would say maybe like my top. I don't brush my top off as well as I should.
1: Oh, well, I mean, for me, sometimes like, especially like when it's maybe October, November, maybe you get one of those earlier frosts and you're maybe not as, not as used to it. Like there's times where, you know, I'm leaving at 530 in the morning, you know, five, you know, 545 in the morning. And, you know, I don't really have time to sit there and defrost my car. Um, And I I try to leave, you know, without, with a frozen over windshield (laughs) pretty much. And, uh, or like, I don't scrape it as good as I should. And then, and I get like around the corner and it's like, oh boy. I shouldn't have done this, and I either have to stop and <laughs> scrape it a little bit more, or uh, um, tough it bl-
0: Just blind like Ray Charles, all of a sudden, you're trying to drive there. It's
1: like, okay, I can't see. Well, um, and, and just like just like the east side streets, I mean, you get out here in the, oh, uh, yeah. the suburban areas, you have people that are heroes that are going for runs at 5.30 in the morning, you know, and a lot of them had, do have reflective or high visibility clothing on, so but still, I mean, you 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 see you might not see him right away, and you'll be yeah. startled. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, it's um, that's you know just a couple of PSAs I guess from the yeah the no man, here.
0: it's it's just yeah, whatever. I'm just glad glad everything was all right. Um, you know it's you know I I would have probably thrown myself in front of the car versus my dog. I just would have let go and told my dog to keep running, and you know I think she would have stayed, but you know. It's all good, man. We're all good. We're happy. Um, I get to watch the Super Bowl, um, get to watch the NBA All Star game. Just kidding. Um, and, um, you know, we're in a good spot. HL All Star game would have been the better joke, or the Pro Bowl, which is both this weekend. But we'll talk about annoyances. And then, so, what we're doing here, I'll have to think of a better name for the podcast title. But basically, in honor of special teams, special teams for the Green Bay Packers has been an issue really our entire for adult year. life, our adult life. Really? Since so I think 2007 is the last time they had a top 10 special teams unit. Um, and like a lot of people have said on like Reddit and other places, like I would, you don't even need to be top 10. Like take top 20. That'd be fine. Top 15, just be like in the upper echelon of special team u- unit. And it's failed the Packers for years and years and years. And some years it's bad like this year. Other years, it's just kind of like, oh, there's one or two dodo plays throughout the year and you move on, What you realize, and I'm sure every team has this, like, I don't think this is, you know, just Wisconsin sports teams. I have to think that, you know, Illinois residents, Chicago residents, New York residents, L.A. residents, like there's the one thing your team does that annoys the shit out of you. And for the Packers as special teams, for the Bucs, it is our three-point shooting defense, um, which I mean, everybody, you know, it's like, okay, oh, uh, it's the variance game, which I know mm-hmm. probably drives you wild,
1: right? Um, me, I mean, well, I think there's there are some cases where I think it's fair to yeah to point at it, like, namely the Cavs game last week, where it's like, okay, you know, another game that they've had, re, uh, you know frankly, all season where it's like, we're just fine in the first quarter. We're up sometimes, you know, 10, 12, you know, double digit lead after the first quarter and they just can't make a three for the rest of the game. I mean, they do, but it's three for 25, the rest of the game. I mean, you can't even, you can't even hang. Whereas Cleveland, you know, was just on fire and you're getting you're getting six threes and a half from Jetty Osmond and fucking Dean Wade hit like two or three. You know, and and I I don't doubt that dude's not like capable, but I mean he doesn't play very much, and you know when you're when you're letting him take wide open threes, you know it's just it's kryptonite, and I would say that game was for sure like okay you know yeah. they made ten more threes than us and we lost by sixteen right it's like you know as opposed to like the Denver game on Sunday, which is just a complete ass kicking I mean. <sighs> We we couldn't stop their offense regardless. It just right. happened to be that 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 they made a lot of threes. Yeah, um, no, no doubt.
0: And and we'll and we'll do a lot more on the Bucks in, But no, those are both good examples. And then for the Brewers, I would say runners in scoring position is always the bugaboo. I think you could throw in, hey, this guy's making his major league debut, or he's pitching his like second outing of his career. Brewers never shell those guys. No matter like if this guy's a top pitching prospect or he's just some fucking beer league triple Aer, always it seems like he's going to pitch seven or eight innings, two <laughs> hit ball, give up. Like, do you have, if you had to pick between those two, would you go with the runners in scoring position or would you go with the Cy Young uh, pitcher for his first major league debut?
1: I do. Rem- I mean. I would say that the 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 pitcher does kind of stand out for some reason to me, just because you know I feel like I'll never forget Anthony Swarzak oh, for yeah. years and years and years ago, who I think was you know yeah your typical like um probably career minor leaguer not career but you know he didn't didn't make his debut till he was like in his late twenties and then you know okay the Brewers should rock this guy and maybe it was like a big game I mean this is probably what, 2009 or something, yeah, something like that. That, that, that I'm recalling. But it just, I just, I feel like I'll never forget that where I think, think he went, you know, seven or eight, one hit, you know, type stuff. Um, and it's that in, was yeah, very frustrating.
0: It, it's infuriating. I and then mean, we we'll, we could obviously do both, but it's, it's infuriating because I think that you lull yourself into a false sense of security. And you lull yourself into this, like, all right, we're facing this like guy who's been terrible in like his first two starts. His the like betting line is like Brewers minus 250, so like it's way high. There's no way they lose this game. And then sure enough, it's like two to one. Brewers can't drive anybody in. They end up losing the game, and it's like four to one. It's this great story, and then the next night. He go or next time he's up, he's, he he pitched. Let's say he's facing the Pirates or something. He gets shelled for six runs, and you're like, "What the fuck? Like, <laughs> what? Like, how? How did this happen?" So yeah. those are those are kind of the three. I don't know if we want to talk about college at all. Like, I I think with football for the Badgers, it's just they never seem to have a quarterback. I mean, that's kind of yeah. the that's been the Badger way for years, has been just, they never seem to have that guy who is a difference maker at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson was maybe one of what,
1: Right, and he was not homegrown at all, and just sort of was a a mercenary. mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that or, yeah, never having a quarterback is, or never having, like, a you know, standout quarterback. I mean, they've had They've had a couple solid ones, right? Jim was last twenty ever. years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, and like I mean, Stave was all right.
0: Yeah, but um, I I just equate it to were they able to like make it into the pros? Like Stave is definitely pitching insurance somewhere. Um, you know, if we did a Joel Stave LinkedIn look, I think we'd figure out he's he's somewhere else. And then yeah. I, I think the I was the other guy I was gonna mention was Brooks Bollinger because I think he played a little bit in the NFL. So yeah. Like, Yep. Like Brooks Bollinger and Sorge are kind of the two guys who I'd say other than Russell Wilson, where I'm like, all right, yeah, they actually kind of had a career badger basketball. It's just, they're never athletic enough. See, they don't have,
1: they have too many guys. Um, I was going to say for badger basketball, the scoring drought. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every, every game there's a, there's a six or eight minute scoring drought every game.
0: That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Death taxes and the badgers going cold. Um, They're, By the way, I'll do a bunch of college basketball on on Daily Tap on Friday uh, with both Marquette and Wisconsin in action uh, while we tape. Well, Marquette will probably start after. But anyways, that's, yes, for sure. And for Marquette, I, I feel like it's, oh man, it's tough now because I guess with Shaka, it's a little different. I mean, right now, Marquette is their own like second half issues. They've been terrible like out the gates in the second half Um, because I feel like with a new coach, sometimes like the identity changes. I think for Marquette, it's always kind of been, they never seem to have like enough big guys or big guys that can rebound. And they always seem to get dominated by these teams who have like a bunch of big guys, like UConn, uh, both all the UConn's big guys are back. Then we play them next Tuesday. They're going to dominate us. They're going to eat us inside, eat us alive inside. And that's always been a problem for Marquette. They always seem to play a little smaller than they might need to be. Or the big guys they have just can't seem to rebound. Like, I don't understand why Kirkuth, a.k.a. 2K, can't rebound. He can block shots,
1: but he can't rebound. Um, and that probably always... like lack of lack of hands for him. I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. He's, uh, a, he's basically a, he's basically a Larry Sanders where it's like, very long yes. and athletic, and 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 just can block. That's pretty much his only, you know, remotely decent skill. Right. Is this getting getting in the way and and blocking shots and you know maybe dunking around the rim. Yeah. On occasion,
0: Catching an alley oop here and there. Um, I still remember. God, I I don't remember who they were playing, but all of a sudden, for like the last like probably second half of his senior year, Usman Burrow became like an actual like legitimate eight to 14 point guy. And it was out of nowhere. And just, there was, I think it might've been against Xavier where he like, it might not have been because Xavier, I don't know was in the conference, but he I have to look it up. He only got 14 or 15 points. And it was like an out of body experience that Usman Burrow started to just dominate inside the paint. But yeah, it, it always seems to be that way of Marquette. They have like a big guy, but he's not that skilled. And if they do have a skilled big guy, he's kind of afraid to be in the paint. Like Dawson Garcia didn't want to be a paint guy. He was outside, playing on the wing. Henry Allenson, same, same shit. Like never wanted to bang. Joey Hauser did want to bang, but he's all kind of undersized. And if you read a lot of people at Michigan state, they're not big Joey Hauser guys. Um, they, he's. Not necessarily been been there, but so, all right, we have a lot here. We have six things. Special teams, three-point defense. We'll say starting pitchers becoming Cy Youngs, rookie pitchers becoming Cy Youngs. Badger scoring droughts, Badger quarterback issues, Marquette lack of rebounding. If you had to go Mount Rushmore, so four, what would you say are like your top four of those things that actually annoy sports fans the most? I know it's gonna be hard not to vote for special teams number one, but I I'll be curious to hear if you you're, you're gonna go special teams for the one. We could just go back and forth, kind of draft it out.
1: I think special teams is is number one probably. I mean, it's just in terms of the impact it has on people's overall day to day mental health and everything in this state. Um, you know, people bitched all year long about it, and sure enough, it pretty much you know was one of if not the big factor in their loss um, to the Niners which a lot of people saw coming and i feel like there's few things more annoying in sports than than when you just are just afraid or you know know it's coming and then it does you know so i'm going to take that as as a unanimous i, I think pick for I- uh, yeah, Mount Rushmore.
0: I think it. Yeah, we don't. We we just do it by six. We go. We don't need to go about Rushmore. We don't want to steal the the gym of the part of my take, boys. But I think with I think with the idea of special teams, I was like, ah, oh, maybe there's something that isn't the same. But I really do think like if you look at it, you're like the Packers could, Aaron Rodgers could be in potentially three Super Bowls if it's not for special teams. Now, we have no idea if they would have beat the Rams. We just don't. You know, you can say Matt Stafford, Lambeau, uh, Cooper, you know, they played so well against them the first time. Why couldn't they have done it the second time? I don't know. Sports are weird, man. Just because they did it once doesn't mean they could have done it again. You know, the Rams could have walked out of Lambeau with a victory, just like the 49ers did. I would, I think I would be more surprised about it, but you never know. So, I think you could <laughs> say – I, that might be a topic for next week. We could, we could discuss that a little bit more. But I, I think you could easily say Packers would be in one more Super Bowl with the Seattle disaster with Brandon Bostick. And then they could have been in another one. So two and a half Super Bowls or uh, one and a half Super Bowls, these special teams have caused the Green Bay Packers, uh, which that's a lot. And it, there's nothing else where you're like oh, that can kind of compare to that where you're like, oh, my God, like with the Bucks three-point shooting defense – hasn't bit them in the ass at that level. Um, It didn't, you know, as they're working their way to a finals and then the Brewers issues and whatever's happened to the Badgers, Badgers would Badger basketball might have a little bit of a case given that Duke game. I don't remember that as well, Um, but that's an example of, you know, where you saw that the scoring drought play a factor and things like that. But yeah, special teams, man, it's hard not to look at it. I, after that Bears game, I did a podcast that night, and I said, "Look, do not repeat your mistakes." After that Bears game, it should have been not necessarily like fire mode, Drayton. Like I understand if you don't want to fire a coach middle of the year, but like I realize it's a college comparison, so it might not be perfect. But like, look at Ohio State. So Ohio State gets just shat on by Oregon. Oregon runs all over them. They absolutely tear their ass off. What does Ohio State do? They demote their defensive coordinator. They promote somebody else and they say, All right, we're gonna fix this defense. Now, did it work? They got close to the playoff. You know, if they beat Michigan, they're probably in the college playoff against Georgia. So they lost, yeah. they lost the quote unquote played game to Michigan where their defense let them down finally. I don't understand why the Packers wouldn't have said, All right, we're gonna reset this. Trayton, you're taking a step back getting a new voice in or Matt LaFleur takes over special teams like Dan Campbell did that for the offensive coordinator for Anthony Lynn he's like I don't know anything about calling plays but I'm sick of watching Anthony Lynn call my plays so I'm taking it over fuck that why couldn't Matt LaFleur have taken over the special teams I'm blaming Matt LaFleur I'm just blaming like there was no change to the process in that You basically just kept running your dick against the wall, hoping the one time, maybe I'm not going to run my, I'm not going to hurt myself on this one.
1: Well, maybe some people are thinking, well, Matt LaFleur was too busy babysitting Aaron Rodgers and worrying about what plays Rodgers was calling at the line of scrimmage.
0: Ah, I mean, that's that's a hell of a zag. I mean, that's a hell of a zag, right? If, He's got maybe, two jobs: head, head coach of the Packers and head coach of Aaron Rodgers. And and look, maybe there is some discussion that's had between Lafleur and Gunakus without Rodgers and Lafleur and Gunakus. Like, what the fuck happened with special teams, man? And he might say exactly that. He's like, I didn't have time. He's like, I was worried about Aaron. I was trying to keep Aaron happy. Aaron was going off script so much that like, I needed to. I needed to make sure that Aaron was kept in line, so I didn't have the time to worry about what Mo and and everybody else was doing defensively or uh, special teams wise. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. It's definitely going to be a what if if Green Bay doesn't get there, and if the Rams win the Super Bowl, I I think if the Rams win the Super Bowl, there's going to be a lot of people saying again, the Packers should have been there. I have. I have more trouble saying that than I did last year, and we can talk
1: about that more next week. I, I mean, would say, it, this, oh, is, this is this uh, r- real quick tangent, and this is yeah something that we'll probably talk about next week. But I mean, let's say the Packers ended up in the Super Bowl and they get the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, a team that you probably wouldn't have expected. You know, would you have felt good about it? I mean, better than playing Kansas city or something. I mean, I feel like you probably do naturally like kind of like the bucks playing the suns in the finals. I mean, the suns are great though. I mean, they were, you know, people forget how good of a team they were last year. And um, sometimes I'm still amazed how we, we beat them in a series, but um, you know, I mean, talent wise, they're probably not on par with, you know a a team that you'd fear the more in the super bowl but i don't know uh just i guess it's something we can talk about next week
0: yeah probably probably better for that for sure and like giving a lot of teases to the people but i'll put it to you this way i think there would be a false sense of confidence i think the spread would Mm -hmm. probably be six or seven i think you know it'd be similar i mean we don't remember a lot of it but People forget that the Packers were thirteen-point favorites against the Denver Broncos in 1997 when they lost. Everybody thought the yeah. Packers were winning that game. There was the offensive line differences that the Packers' defensive line was massive compared to what the Broncos were in the offensive line. Elway was a classic loser. He all he did was lose. He get to he was kind of Jim Kelly without the like consecutive. So I think at that point he had lost two Super Bowls to three. I can't remember. Yeah. Two. And he got absolutely chip pumped in both of them. Washington got him and San Francisco. Um, so it was like, well, what's to say Elway is going to finally live up to this big moment. So I feel like you would have had a lot of that. I think it would have, there would have been a lot, maybe not to that level. I think we've gotten a little smarter and I think Joe Burrow and chase are well liked. And the game between the Packers and Cincinnati was really close and bizarre. Easily one of the weirdest football games I've watched in some time. But yeah, Yeah. I I think it would have been, the fan attitude would have been that we're winning the Super Bowl. We're going to, you know, this is Roger's legacy. It's all happening and everything like that. So it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting hypothetical. Um, As for my number two, I am actually going to take, the Milwaukee Brewers starting pitchers becoming Cy Youngs who are starting for their first game should probably phrase that better but I think about a baseball season and it's so long and so there's so many more opportunities for it to happen it's 162 games there are you know it's you're not gonna watch every game right as much as you want to you're just not gonna get to every game you're working. You got, you know, vacation. You have a wedding. You have this. You have that. So, like, I think there is nothing worse than when you basically are able to sit at home. You're watching a game. Maybe it's Friday night. Maybe it's just a random Monday. Windows open, beer cracked, and you watch your team just get their asses handed to them by some no-name fucking slug throwing like 85 miles an hour. You know who's the guy <laughs> I thought of when you mentioned Anthony Swarzak? I remember Josh Colmenter. Do you remember Josh Colmenter played for the Diamondbacks?
1: Yeah. He he threw
0: overhand. Like, he had a really bizarre pitching motion. And he just dominated the Brewers. It's actually worse to double down to that point as I set the scene. It's worse when you have tickets to a game and you're seeing this. Nobody, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to see, like, two or three home runs. It's going to be great. going to get a lot of offense. Maybe Yelch pops one and sure enough you basically are watching a pitcher's duel and you're like great i'm so fucking glad that i'm just sitting in the stands watching basically a bunch of outs so i i go with that number two i realize some would probably go with the bucks or the badgers but i am i'm gonna take that as my number two just from the amount that it annoys me i think because there's also like nothing else on it's just summer all i have is the brewers and that's it and so to deal with that shit in the middle of July, it's not fun.
1: Josh Colemanter playing in the Australian Baseball League. Oh shit! Right now, he's 35 only. He was he was a rookie in 2011 when the Brewers played the Diamondbacks, and he actually got a win in that series um, against the Brewers. So maybe that's and also stick a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's still still hanging around playing professional baseball, I guess. Um, and that was the other thing too i was I was thinking of when we were talking about um you know guy random dudes and I don't know if it's more it seems like it's more common now, maybe it's probably because of social media and stuff, but like I feel like a lot of guys are using like independent baseball and, and leagues to their careers alive so you you've been made before you know where it's not necessarily you know it was a career death sentence probably to go. Indie ball, right? Yeah. Probably 10, 10 years ago. And now, probably because of social media, I think it's a lot of it's the power of social media. Like this guy can get his shit on circulating the internet. Like, um, who was it? Hen- Henderson Alvarez played for. Yeah. Like that dude probably easily could have, well, I'm not, but he probably could have 40 man roster, I would think, for a Major League Baseball team. You know, he it wasn't that washed up, but he chose the indie ball route and, you know, be one of those guys where all of a sudden he'll pop up and, you know, next season or something and he'll be like, well, how happened happen to that guy? And you'll, you'll get your ass kicked by. Um,
0: yeah. It's kind but, of like the scene in uh, American Pie where Stifler is like, Sherman, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah. that's basically what we're dealing with, with these guys. It's like, how does Alvarez, what the fuck are you doing here? But, you know, that's, that's yeah. kind of it. But
1: who's <laughs> your uh,
0: what's your number three here?
1: Well, I'll go three-point defense just along those lines for the Bucs, that is. Um, you know, it, some of it, it, it's just overall frustrating because some of it is a little bit like we're talking about with, where it's, it just seems like there's somebody every game that's hitting, you know, Three, four, five threes and a half against the Bucks, and just and just going nuts. And like to some extent, you can't even defend it because some of these guys are shooting them from the logo As that becomes more and more popular to do, and you know you're playing Trey Young, for example. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna from the logo, and when you're facing him, and it's it's incredibly annoying. Um Yeah. You you, you expect it you expect it from somebody like that, but it's still you know it's coming and and it seems to come at like the worst time and so between that stuff and the random dude like I'm getting to the point where I'm just gonna I've been thinking of the teams roster and being like uh what do what what random is gonna have five first half against stuff. Um,
0: I think I mean that sounds like a great Twitter segment. I think you know you should do that. Like say, all right, <laughs> here is the random mock. Bu- here's a random player for team X or team Y that's going to have you know three threes in the first half.
1: Well, and and the Bucks play Portland yesterday. Candidate for you know with undermanned, I guess, kind of the weird season they are having. Like you know, I can pull up the roster. Shit, Norman I mean, Powell.
0: I would say, well, yeah, you got Norman Powell, the Bucks killer. You also have Robert Covington in a showcase game because you know Robert Covington's <laughs> going to be like, all right, I need to tell these Bucks players, like, hey, you need me on this roster. So you're definitely going to get a Roko showco-
1: showcase game, no question about it. I, somebody like Ben McLemore is like oh, right, in this, right in this category because it's like, largely isn't very good. I mean, but he's capable of every fifth or sixth game, you know, scoring 25 points or something on like six or seven. Games. And it's like, man, you know, it's coming. Right. Somebody like that. That's that's, that's that's kind of the people I'm talking about. No. It's like, who, who is it, who is it a, for a a the Wizards? Off night, uh... To put you on the spot if the wizards it had was, one. it. Ended up being Montrez Harrell that was killing us. Oh yeah, he yeah, does that too. But yes. Montrez um, Harrell, no I mean, buck killer. Somebody like Caldwell Pope, you know, like that kind of like irrational confidence type guy who and he did bank a three in in the fourth quarter. Oh, I think. that
0: was. I mean, that's when I thought maybe the Bucks are going to lose this game. He banked that in. I was like, "Fuck me, are
1: you kidding yeah. me?"
0: Yeah, um, he, he, he would
1: have been that that like that type of guy who's like kind of, you know, season, you know, because he's nobody really team you're gonna guy, he's not a guy you're gonna build your team around, but he's capable of you know, life once every ten games and you just hope you're not that team that gets that gets tracks that night when the train's coming through and right a guy pulls it out of his ass, but somebody hey. like that. So like, like a Ben Macklemore, a K- KCP, um, fucking so daddy Osmond.
0: Quickly on the last four, since we, I, we classically did the pros over the, over the college, I will say Badger scoring droughts. I think, you know, obviously that Duke example, you know, they blew that nine point lead against Duke in the national championship game, which I'm sure for, Ardent Badger basketball fans That will always stick with them Until they get back there Some might think that they could get back there Some believe that in the COVID year They had a chance to be a A title team We'll never know um, So I, I feel like you have to I feel like to me If you put it at the like special teams Cost championships you could argue that you know Badgers getting cold in that game Cost them a championship and I think it's just – it, and it also has cost the Badgers in games that they lose that they shouldn't. Now, it really hasn't bit them in the ass this year. They've been really good, but it makes games like playing Minnesota, you know, a six-point game versus winning by 12, winning by 13, because you go cold for a little while.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree that the scoring drought. And I, I kind of feel, I don't know, for it probably should have gone higher just given yeah. the fact that, that they had a scoring drought, you know, a scoring drought in a, in a national championship game in 2015. Um, so shame on me, but, um, or you, I guess, either one of us probably should have, should have been of the impact that it had. And again, you know, it's coming, uh, ended up, ended up rearing. It's a very, very unfortunate time, uh, just like the special teams. And that's, that's not good. And, you know, pro- you know, we want to say that, that Cy Young performance from a guy making his, or, you know, an early start in his career, you're probably not going to see that in like a playoff setting. Um. Uh, kind of know what you're getting and it's just can you you know face but then in like a in baseball playoffs i feel like there's always that like maybe like random reliever that team who's now in like the fourth every game comes in and dominates you for three innings and and really changes the trajectory of a game or you know you have eddie rosario where it's just like guy just had an incredible run in the post. Way too much money, you know, uh, in the future. Because, but he's really not that great of a player. Um, I don't know. I guess a lot of stuff comes back to: Is this dude really that good? And is he killing our team? <laughs> For me, it's like yeah. it just seems like I don't know. Those always stick with me.
0: No doubt. No. Yeah. To not to pour salt in the wound. You're right. Now that's my bias because. I'm not a Badger basketball fan, and so I don't feel that pain of that loss like a lot of my friends who are listening to this podcast do, you know, and that are like, I mean, come on. It did cost us a championship. Yeah, they only scored three points from the 13 mark after Frank Kaminsky had made a layup until they score a three with Nigel Hayes, but they only are stuck on 51 for three minutes. It's a you know, three minute scoring drought, all the while while Duke has scored eleven points in that time. Then Duke catches up and it's fifty-one to fifty and it was anyone's game at that point. Tough. Tough, tough, tough. But yeah, so and I rounded out. I I would probably go Badger quarterback and then I would go Marquette, big man, just because not to supersede it, but just to speed us up a little bit. It's just the Badger not having a quarterback has plagued them for national championship opportunities. I don't know if I could say that about Marquette. You know, they haven't back the final four since 2003. They've gotten close, but when they've got close, I wouldn't say that it was their lack of big man that kind of haunted them. You know, they couldn't score against Syracuse in 2013. I think that was with when they got to the elite eight. Um, I was convinced that team was going to the final four too. And they could not score to save their soul. And so that that would have it that Syracuse beat them that day, I think, like 47-42. to 42. So that was brutal. I, wa- I remember so that.
1: Did, but did our very own Brooke Lopez give you night tremors because of him being, you know, a beast in college against Marquette?
0: Uh, not really because, of, well, it was a second-round game. Marquette had beat Kentucky. Um, they were a sixth seed. I don't – is that right? Hold on. Yeah, I think it was. Marquette did beat Kentucky. Kentucky was weirdly like an eleven seed that year. and Marquette won. And then they were facing Stanford. It was in Anaheim. And, yeah, Brooke and Robin went to – I remember how much I hated Robin just because he looked so weird. And Brooke, yeah, dominated in that game, I think he had like 27 and 16 but the shot he hit was just so ridiculous that i i have trouble like fathoming how that went in i think i i still do i it's it's a loss that for a while was kind of haunting but it's definitely you definitely hate to be on the other end of like a it's not not a renowned buzzer beater but it's definitely like in the you know if you're doing, like, a compilation of top 100 buzzer beaters, Brook Lopez's shot underneath the basket's probably there.
1: Yeah.
0: And we know people that know Brooke. I, I'd probably ask him about it. Like, I, I, you know, in a casual way, I'd just be like, that shot against Marquette, like, haunted to my dreams for multiple years. And I'm sure he'd laugh. <laughs> then he'd tell the story of how it happened. And, yeah, he hit the shot. So... Is what it is. I didn't like Lopez, but, you know, got used to it. And now I love Brooke and love Robin. Some people want Robin back. And we'll talk about – we can do the deadline first. Um, you know, it. there are people who are ha- will have all sorts of opinions about what the Bucks should do at the deadline. Some of those who have just become Bucks fans since the Packers lost on the 23rd. And others of those who have been watching the Bucks all season. You obviously have. I have. If you had a move, you have one move to make. Now, this has to be a player, but it just has to be more of like position, more of what you're looking for. Who would who would that guy be, or well, what would that position be, and what do you think the need is right now for this Bucks team?
1: Size, I mean, probably a center. You know, just something that the team. i just. I feel like the rebounding has been taking a step back certainly without Brooke Lopez um, for much of the season, not taking out, taking out bodies. And, you know, you watched it on Tuesday night with Harold. I mean, basically just, I mean, the, they had no answers. Uh, Jeff and, or no, Stan Van Gundy probably said it 50 times in that, in that second half, just, they had no answer for him defensively. And you know, again, I, he has killed the Bucs in the past, but, you know, I feel like if you, you throw a big body on him, he can be a little bit neutralized because he's undersized, but um, he was very strong, but just but I need I, size. And right.
0: Jokic also I, too I, had his way with the fact yes, that Bucs had no size.
1: Yes, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, not super sure if, he's available, but there's, there's a Mobamba um out there for Orlando. And I don't know if Steve Vincenzo for Mo Bamba makes sense for, for Orlando, but to me, that's maybe kind of a, you know, starter of a deal, if you will, Uh, kind of the, the two main names because I think they were drafted around the same time. I'm not right. sure if, yeah. I think they were. So I mean it would kind of be I don't know how often that type of deal happens, probably more than you think. Right. Um with you know, neither guy, I don't believe, under under a you know, extended past this season and possibly just the change of scenery type deal. I feel like Obamba's maybe an odd man out in in Orlando just because you know, starting Wendell Carter and him you know, I don't know if that if that works long term. Um, and Divincenzo certainly is, you know, the Bucks basically their only trade chip. I don't even know if he's an asset at this point. Um, but you know, it's kind of the probably the, the level of deal that I that I think makes sense. So potentially I, from both sides. I, I don't. don't know, I don't. Orlando might not have as much guard depth either. So
0: I also think it's hilarious that. People took the – they wanted to sign Dante DiVincenzo. That is such bait by John Horst. Like, that's John Horst getting that out there to let people know, like, yeah, we think Dante's good. Like, we we would sign Dante. And then when, you know, a team rolls around and is like, well, what do you want for this player? Well, you know, we heard you talk about Dante. Is he really not on the table? Oh, Dante? Dante Dante can be an Don't worry. Like, we'll throw Dante in there, not a problem. I think it's total positioning by John Horst. I really do. And a guy that I have a mild interest in just because he has a good contract. He's, he is hurt here and there, but like Yusef Nurkic, 12 million a year on an expiring guy bangs. He's not afraid to take any shit, like rebounds his ass off. Doesn't play, not really great laterally. Maybe a little boogie esque. But I'd be all right with a nerd alert off the bench.
1: I mean, I would too if he's willing to to take that that role. I, I mean, I guess when you're coming to a title contender situation, you you sort of do what's asked of you typically. Um, and I mean it would be good it'd be really good brook insurance. I mean, either of those guys we're talking about right now would be would be good insurance in case they don't get Brooke Lopez back or um, Brooke is not looking like himself for whatever reason. Brook is what thirty three. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean I'm down with that. I I don't know how again how you get to twelve million. Uh, probably not that difficult. George 12 Hill, million's not hard deal.
0: It it'd be like so that would be to me the deal that's realistic. The unrealistic one that I think a lot of people might throw out there, but again, how do you get to it is Rashawn Holmes. Like Rashawn Holmes be a great fucking fit. Eight, 12 points, eight boards has a block this year, but the dude just got paid for four years, $55 million. There is no fucking way the bucks could afford that. Now I would, I would not like one of our rivals to get Rashawn Holmes. Let me put it that way. I think that would be an issue. Like if, you know, Toronto say, or, you know, a team team like Brooklyn were to get Rashawn Holmes. Now Brooklyn doesn't have that much money either, but you hear my point. I just don't want, that's not a guy I want to see on an Eastern conference contender. Um, but I don't, I think it's very unrealistic for the Bucs. Nice to have, but I'm not there for me.
1: So he's got, yeah, he just started that contract. Yep.
0: Ten, He has 10.4, 11.2, 12.0, a player option at 12.9 that I'm sure he's going to take. So, they backloaded that deal. Very Kings-like to backload that deal.
1: Is he kind of rumored to yeah. be
0: available? He, he's rumored to be available, for sure. The Kings are making it pretty known that he's available. Um, mm. And then, I know, he's, he's an interesting – like, look, I like him. I like well, the way he plays. But I'm just saying <laughs> –
1: my thing is though, like I, I don't really want that that type of money on the books that long. Oh no, that long either. No, I'm out. I'm am, I'm am fully, fully out. Um, <laughs> so he's He's in. He's in, he's, in, he's interesting, but you're out. No, no, no.
0: I'm saying he's an interesting type of player. Like I'm saying, the way he plays yeah. is interesting. I like the way he plays. I don't want to see him go to Miami. I don't want to see him go to fucking Brooklyn. I don't want to see him go to Charlotte. Like. I would prefer him to stay in the West if he gets traded, but I don't want his money.
1: I don't know if he scares me that much on those teams. I, I don't know. Uh, it's just—I uh, guess I haven't really seen him play. I mean, I, I have in the past. He—he—he's a Harold clone. I mean, pretty much. Montrez is probably a much more skilled offensive player, but Rashawn Holmes is that same type of energy, big guy, like undersized center that just literally makes a paycheck off of energy and hustle and, you know, essentially making life underneath the basket a nightmare for you. Um, so I agree. I mean, I don't know, maybe Montrezl Harrell's available. I know that he just had a committed a flagrant foul against the honest, but it looked like they, uh, they kissed and made up after the game. And um, I don't know, it, it, Harrell would be perfect for, I mean, 10 minutes a night.
0: Trez, Trez has nine point seven and is an unrestricted in July. So yeah, Trez would Trez would make a lot of sense. I've always been a Mantras Harold guy. That would be if you're like Charlie. What would be like PJ Tucker for you? It'd be like how I've talked about Mantras Harold on the Bucks for multiple years. I've I have yeah. I. This would be this year's PJ Tucker, not in the sense of it would bring a championship, but it might. But I would be more like another one of my guys becoming a buck yeah. other, other guy. So it's obviously to me about things of need. I will just do the pivot of the three and D just the bench player, just a guy that can score off the bench um, that can really provide, you know, anywhere yeah. from 10 to 15, a game regularly. Uh, and maybe with Brooke Lopez coming back, that will happen because Pat will go back and, you know, who knows, maybe it's a little bit of Grayson Allen. And we start to see, you know, that happen more often, but right now I can't tell you I'd have to like dig through box scores, but it's been a while since a box bench player has scored double digits. It might've been since that Memphis game where you've had a box player score double digits off the bench. It's, and it's partly COVID it's partly injuries, whatever but yeah, it's, it's been awful on the bench. And so you kind of want a, I personally three and D guy who can score, but also play a little bit of defense. Robert Covington is like the obvious answer. I think everybody is going to want Roko. The guy can definitely, definitely do that and can definitely make some, make some real plays. I think the idea is a little bit different. It's not necessarily bench scoring, but, the Thaddeus Young angle is important to me just because Thad Young has done well against Giannis in terms of defending. So if you can't beat him, join him. Bring Thad Young into the mix. You might be a little bit bigger, more in your big man size. What, how big is Thad Young? Is he, how tall is Thad Young? Is he 6'8"? So 6'8", six, like eight? Six,
1: six, eight, six eight or 6'9", probably in the media guide.
0: Yeah, six eight. Went to Georgia Tech. I didn't know that. I couldn't have told you where Thad Young went to school. Really? Yeah,
1: I mean, he's been been in the NBA for like fifteen, like fifteen years.
0: Yeah, you would been a long time. You would probably need to get another team involved, but Gary Harris on a twenty million dollar expiring—kind of interesting. A guy that you could just stick in the corner and just fucking shoot. Like, could you imagine a lineup with Gary Harris? You know, Grayson. Pat Connaughton and then Giannis in the middle, like you just have shooters everywhere and Grayson or Gary Harris would be a certain upgrade to your, your guard depth. He also can play a little defense. I guess the one issue is I haven't necessarily seen Gary Harris um, do it in the playoffs and he has had back issues. And do you really want to trust that? And do you really want to like do that or, just kind of give Gary Harris the auto porter deal next next off season, to be like, hey, here's a prove deal to go make make your next contract. Cause to me that well, might be that might be the better option.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Gary Harris in a vacuum for sure. I mean, that's a type of guy that you would you would ask to provide some scoring off the bench. And I wanted to mention that, you know, part of a uh, major part of the issue with the bench is I mean, not having not having Bobby off the bench is certainly the obvious one. But, but I oh, mean, your point. free agent guys, the you, you, your free agent guys that you picked up uh, have been, you know, non factors. Uh, you know, I mean, Shemi Ojole. If you, he's on the team, but you wouldn't even know. Um no. he hasn't played, and he hasn't played in six weeks. I mean, he hasn't played a, a a meaningful minute in that time anyway. I think he finally came in on Sunday when they were getting their ass beat by the Nuggets. Um, Rodney Hood is probably out of the league next year. Um, and, you know, Steve Vincenzo hasn't quite remembered how to play basketball, you know, remotely. since coming back from the injury and it's been over a month now. So, <clears throat> clock's starting to tick a little bit there. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Ora in and out of the rotation and Wes Matthews I mean, <laughs> we all like Wes, um, but, you know, he was a part of the team that lost in the bubble too. I'll just say that. And, you know, if he doesn't have a wide open three, I don't think I trust him doing anything else on offense. And no. it's just wow. same thing with Pat Connaughton to some extent. Um, Connaughton's a little more, you know, a little more of a Swiss Army knife. You know, he can – he has the sneaky athleticism and, uh, you know, he's a pretty good three point shooter. Now he's, you know, he's come back down to earth since the first month of the season, but, um, they, they definitely need some sort of bench, you know, at, at, you know, one through three ish, you know, would be great. Um, I'm fine with Covington, uh, you were, I, you were not as receptive. You're not, you're not as receptive to my Spencer Dinwiddie idea. I'm not saying I would do that, but too expensive. you know, yeah, I don't know what his deal is. I haven't looked at it. I, I just, I know he's somewhat available because he's got some locker room problems that they're blaming it for everything, even though they stink. And. You no, know, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a guy that you put him put him in a different situation. He might. You know, you might not hear that type of stuff.
0: I, I might need a trade machine, God, to go give us Covington and Nurkic. That's two expiring deals, twenty-five million. I feel like you probably have to involve a second team, but man, yeah, if you could get both those guys on that, like, tell oh, Portland, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll we'll take both. Fuck. All of a sudden, like everything, the deck shifts. I wish Terrence Ross didn't have another year left on his deal. He's making 11 million for the next two years. I, I mean, I always like Terrence Ross. It's probably because he's killed the Bucs. Like he always has about six threes against Milwaukee. Another one of your Ben Mackmore yeah. All Stars, which I think we we need a name for this. Um, we'll find one, but Ben Mackmore All Stars, I think, is maybe the starting point. Um, and we'll build on that. But yeah, Terrence Ross definitely in that category. But two years for eleven million a pop, I, I just can't. Not at thirty three. No thirty one. No thanks.
1: Yeah, we'll see, I I mean I I like Terrence Ross for sure. But he, I mean I've I've kind of wanted him for years. I wanted him to draft him actually.
0: Yeah, I mean that's like, John
1: Henson that, stuff. So. That,
0: that's like your that's your Mantras Harold for me it would be Mantras Harold. For you, it's Terrence Ross. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, yeah. no thanks. Jeremy Lamb's another guy who I I look at and I'm like, I you should be so much better. Ten, ten and a half million unrestricted, not bad, but I've just never been impressed with Jeremy Lamb.
1: Yeah, he's kind of sleepy, but is he worse than what you have?
0: Uh, no, I think Jeremy Lamb would be an upgrade. Yeah i, I be dirt cheap, probably. Oh yeah, 10.5 10, million is nothing. I mean you could deal uh I think you could probably make I mean, that happen pretty easily.
1: I just I'm worried about you know, quite a few things right now.
0: Okay. So what are your worries? Are are you are you panicked about the bucks Like what did you no, 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 okay. no, no. All right. Are you just, worried about just... other teams? The sixers are no, hot? Your nemesis? I don't
1: think I don't think George Hill's all that good. Uh, I don't think I don't like I said I've I've made my frustrations about Di Vincenzo about as vocal as I can be um again Hood, Ojale, nothing I expected something out of those guys yeah and you have no size (laughs) so I mean other than that everything's great but but you know you you do have a pretty great starting five at the moment I mean as long as Middleton you know he's He's, he's been bringing his sleeping bag to these last few games. I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but, um, you know, I had another game. on. I was at the game on Sunday, and, you know, another game where, you know, you're just kind of sitting there watching, and you look up. It's like the third quarter, and Middleton has five points, and you're like, the fuck are you doing? Do you think, do and, you think
0: something happened? Like, remember Middleton had – did he miss two games for personal reasons? Like, I hate to speculate. Uh, yeah, I don't missed- know he missed the game with personal reasons. I know for sure.
1: But like he did, it, he missed at least, yeah, I think he did. That was a while ago though. It was like yeah, a month ago. Yeah. It?
0: yeah. But it could still be going on. I mean, Kyle Lowry has been out for personal reasons for like a fucking month. I only know that because he's on my fantasy team. That sucks. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if there's something going on. I don't know if like Middleton's like, look, I just, I played too much basketball last year and I'm exhausted. And I just don't, like, it's not fun right now because I didn't have any time off. And if that's the case, Middleton, who's not a vocal guy, needs to say something. Because guess what? We can put you on the Jeff Supon DL. Or is he having an issue with COVID? Is it is it, like, is it a long-term COVID issue? Like, he didn't have, like, the Omicron, Like, he had the Delta, like, early on in the season. Is that fucking him up a little bit? I don't know. Be. Like yeah. I, I think we like Eric Name does a great job. You know the Jim Ostrowski, Ben Steele, all those guys do a really good job with blocks. But we need that Middleton piece. I think of like what's wrong. Like I know Eric just did one with Dante again. Nice, right? Get a bunch of interviews with Dante, dude. They are so setting up Dante to get traded. I, I, it all like is clicking. Like Name did the, the good Dante piece. Like everybody's trying to get Dante out of there. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, have that light bulb click. But, yeah, I, I think you need to figure out what's going on with Middleton. And I think maybe the all-star break will be good for him. And they can kind of just – he can reset. He obviously will not be part of the all-star game. Uh, the name reserves tonight. Um, hopefully our guy Drew Holiday gets in. He deserves it. I think he's had a really good year. And he's been second banana for this Bucks team. And it's really not been Chris Middleton.
1: We – uh, yes, yeah, I mean been- – Great, great conversation there about the Bucks. I just we'll we'll see what happens. They head out west. I, uh, I do know that there's a little bit of breaking news right now. I'm forgive me if I, no, yeah, go ahead.
0: I haven't been on Twitter. What happened? I
1: just saw it on. I just saw it on the bottom line during the Badger game. I have that on that Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Yes. So, uh, kind of what I kind of what I thought was going to happen. I think he was uh trying to get a raise out of Michigan. And, uh, I'm sure that happened and he's, he's probably at the end of the day, more of a college coach. So he's probably more comfortable there. Yeah. And, you know, things finally worked out at Michigan and now Packer fans that were worried for some reason that he'd go to the Vikings. Um, you don't really have to worry about that.
0: Yeah he Michigan was elated to get Harbaugh's decision I've just seen this from P-boy Adam Schefter um so yes <laughs> Harbaugh is staying at Michigan told word Emmanuel that this would not be a reoccurring issue he would stay at Michigan as long as it wants him yep. Harbaugh man weird dude like I I did say so I was one of those people who worried about Jim Harbaugh I mm-hmm. think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach I think he is a Scott Skiles all-star, as my friend Eric uh, said to me this week, where he starts out like a fucking rocket ship, comes in like a wrecking ball, changes the culture, everybody's on board, everybody buys in, and then they're about three years in, four years in, management's kind of tired of the same bullshit, players are tired of the bullshit, and he wears out his welcome. Coaches... Like, that's what happened in San Francisco. I think it would happen again in Minnesota. So I just would brace for dear life for those first couple of years. And if we had Aaron yeah. Rodgers, great. If we didn't, all right, cool. I, I mean, Minnesota might can rule the roost for a little bit, but who knows? And who knows if it would work? I mean, I realize that Harbaugh's has done with last. I mean, he had Alex Smith in a championship game. So he, I mean, so he could get Kirk Cousins probably to a championship game. But I don't know. Maybe they would deal Cousins. Maybe they had a bigger plan. But now it seems like they're going to hire Kevin O'Connell, the Rams coach, who, former Patriots guy, would be an interesting hire. Would definitely be more in the Minnesota direction of going offensive versus defensive. Um, Again, it is not a coach of color. So I, I feel like that will be a major issue, just given all that's happening right now. And there's obviously Smarter Podcasts that could talk about the Brian Flores issue. Um, I don't think we need to go deep in there, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Harbaugh staying out of the NFC North is great. And we'll just have to see what the Vikings and bears both do in the draft. I think that's the first sign of, do we have, are we dealing with some competent guys or are we dealing with same old shit? You know, Rick Spielman, you know, basically tried to get, you know every sort of guy and try to trade up and you. i feel like rick spielman never had a rhyme or reason and the bears make a good pick here and there but they always would seem to blow their load on free agents and who knows we'll see what happens with these guys i don't know if you've also been following that mike Zimmer. mike zimmer's uh very attractive uh Girlfriend has been calling out Rick Spielman, who's been doing a media tour, basically absolving himself of all the blame and throwing Zimmer under the bus. She is
1: not happy. No, I haven't seen that at all. Oh yeah, Yeah. but that's right in line with uh, most most players and coaches' wives and girlfriends. Oh yeah, you know. No, I mean
0: Zimmer bagging that is incredible. I mean that to me is Zimmer's biggest win of his career. Like it's not. You know the division titles. It's not the Minnesota Miracle. It's that you know, just given how he looks, like
1: I don't know, he's kind of
0: gross looking, for being honest.
1: Hmm. Boy, that was two hours. Ago. This broke, and I'm Jesus. What's that? That was two hours ago. This this broke, and I somehow didn't notice until. Oh, no, it's until okay. Right I knew now, it. So.
0: I knew it happened. It's all right. It's all okay. I don't mind. I don't mind butting I thought something actually happened big. I was like. Yes, I know. Christian Pulisic scored uh, scored a goal on the uh, 67th minute. US won in the freezing cold. The reason why Marquette's playing at nine fucking o'clock tonight. Um, where are
1: they? Where are they playing that soccer game at?
0: The soccer game was played in Minnesota, at the uh, Alliant uh, Arena. Wow. Yeah. Would they play? Um, they played Honduras. Wow. So those Hondurans, man, were fucking cold.
1: So they played a soccer game in on February 2nd in Minnesota.
0: Yes, correct.
1: I mean, in a in a windshield advisory.
0: Yes. They oh. won they won 3 0. McKinney, Zimmerman, and Pulisic all scored. Zimmerman's the guy with the bad ponytail. I don't really like his ponytail. But yeah, they all
1: I mean... McK- McKinney plays for Juve, I know that, and Pulisic yeah. obviously plays for Chelsea. Is is the wonder I, kid?
0: I can't tell you who Walker Zimmerman plays for. I bet it fucking MLS team. Let's look it up.
1: Probably, but Christian Pulisic, he's the he's the American Neymar, pretty much. Oh yeah, so, I mean, I mean, not nearly as flamboyant, but all right. <clears throat> Zimmerman does play
0: for an MLS team. Would you? Would you like to guess which MLS team he plays for?
1: Uh, Austin FC.
0: No Nashville.
1: Okay, so another expansion or fairly new team. They're like two years old. Yeah, he, That's, a, he that's just, how the MLS is surviving on expansion fees.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Exactly. He uh, and you know he, he grew out his hair. He Used to like have short hair, and now he like has like a ponytail. So I don't really know. I don't know how you become like a guy with like a crew, crew neck, and then you just kind of go to, with Josh Hader hair. Like, how does that happen?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I don't know. We sh- we should have a hairdresser on. Um, that's that's really where where we should. But that's it's here and right there. So yes, uh, can't wait to watch uh, Bucks Blazers with you and cuss our TVs out um, while we're se- severely inebriated on Saturday. Should be fun. Um, the Bucks. <laughs> I got a no from the peanut gallery. Uh, Bucks on the West Coast is not as fun as it used to be. Um, I used to love West Coast basketball, West Coast baseball, but you get fucking old, man. All of a sudden, those eyes get get tired. The eyes get heavy. Workouts coming early in the morning. So, but yeah, it's big ones with uh, the Lakers and the uh, Phoenix Suns. Hopefully, LeBron can play against the Bucks. I'd like to see. Uh, LeBron versus Giannis. I don't know if you agree with that or don't give a shit, but I don't know. I feel like if you play him twice a year, you'd like to see LeBron and Giannis go at it.
1: Yeah, because he, he missed the first game and then AD got hurt during that game. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So just, just rough. Good luck.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I for, forgot they already played this year and yeah, they didn't play. Yeah, and you'll have a lot of celebrities in the house because that'll be NFL that'll be I think media day for the NFL for the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, so you'll easy. have
0: oh yeah. So we'll have, we'll have a bunch of random ass celebrities giving their opinions on Giannis who probably can't pronounce his first name.
1: Well but, remember when the remember when the Bucks when the Super Bowl was in Minnesota and they played the Timberwolves that like Thursday before the Super Bowl? No. Pretty sure we got we got railroaded in Minnesota. Oh yeah, you know I what? You know what? That we was the year two, that they were pretty good. By we Jimmy two, Butler.
0: We had we have two days in LA. We're gonna be so fucking hungover for that Lakers game. All Bucks are gonna do is fucking drink for like two fucking days. I
1: Blame don't think them. they have anyone that I don't think they have anyone that drinks. So really, I who would?
0: I mean, I I have I think Holiday and Middleton drink, don't they?
1: Uh, maybe, but. We'll get we'll
0: get it on this. We'll we'll ask it. We'll figure this out. Um, you're right. They they don't seem like booze. PJ Talker's not there anymore. So that's it's kind of our party. Our resident party animal is no longer like George no Hill. George Hill. Jo- I think George
1: Hill drinks bushlight.
0: Light. Oh, George Hill says um, he get out chug David Bakhtiari.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of doubt that, but I I bet I'd like to. I mean, I'd love to watch. Yeah. Me too.
0: Watch Aaron Rodgers be at the. Uh, oh, no, I don't think he can be at the stable Center because he's not vaccinated. Um, so never mind. Won't see Aaron Rodgers there. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. I promise. I just forgot. So, all right, time to go. All right, we will. Uh, we will see you guys next week. We'll do a lot of Super Bowl Packer adjacent shit, and talk hopefully about the Bucks of, West
1: Coast trip. What's a lot up? of what ifs and hypotheticals coming next Man. week.
0: The deadline's on Friday or Thursday. It's on the tenth, so we'll you and I will have to chat about offline about what we'll do for the deadline. All right, take care of yourself. Have a good one, guys, and we'll uh, see you for, see you for Friday's show. Peace. Peace.